0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're listening to this podcast. We are the Goshie News Sports Podcast. Austin Huff, sports editor Austin Huff, that's my name, said it twice, don't know why. Um, been a long 20 hours or so. Uh, we're this podcast Tuesday at 2.15-ish p.m. And uh, we would usually lead with local stuff. And we obviously had a big, big local event happen this past weekend with Northridge football playing for a state championship. But... We had a kind of a big uh, coaching news. Goshen News Sports Reporter Evan Leepak, uh, one of your primary beats here, uh, doesn't have a head coach anymore. You want to maybe a expand on that a little bit?
1: I think it's a secondary beat. One Next of your station. one <laughs> of your beats.
0: You do high school and you do uh, Notre Dame and uh, Notre Dame football specifically. And uh, yes. guess what? Brian amid, Kelly,
1: amid the um, very wild coaching carousel that has already been. Over the past couple weeks, last night, uh, rumors started to swirl that Louisiana State University LSU, home of the Tigers, who just got rid of Ed Orgeron. Mm-hmm. he coached his last game, which is cool to see by the way. You, those videos on Twitter, he was just so happy that they beat Texas A and M. So good for Edo. You know, I'll start with that. Go Tigers. But, yeah, um, everybody was kind of like, oh, LSU, they're missing out on everybody. Florida's getting who they want. USC's getting who they want. Blah, 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 blah. And now, out of nowhere, Brian Kelly, LSU Tigers head coach. It's been confirmed. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you saw what happened last night. If anyone saw Pete Sampson's tweet, uh, his group me he sent out to his players at, like, 10 o'clock at night.
0: <laughs> Sorry for the late text at yeah. 10 p.m., by the way.
1: <laughs> and then uh, this morning, 7 a.m., he was there for 10 minutes to uh, say goodbye to his team. He was there for 11 years, and just like that, he's out of here. So, Mm -hmm. his Twitter is already littered with LSU stuff, LSU bio, header, profile picture. His last tweet is a Notre Dame tweet. Mm -hmm. It's just very weird.
0: He updated his Twitter account before LSU even announced that he was the head coach, which was interesting. Last night? No, he updated it this morning before LSU made it official. Like, before the official announcement came in, which I thought was kind of interesting. He got a little bit ahead of the curve there. Um, Brian Kelly, just some notables of his Notre Dame tenure, uh, finished with a career record at Notre Dame of 113-40 and in 12 seasons, uh, led Notre Dame to the BCS National Championship game uh, in the 2012 season, 2013 title game technically, Uh, and then they went to the college football playoff in 2018, Season and the 2020 season last year, Uh, all three of those years they had undefeated regular season records. I don't know if you technically count the ACC championship game as part of the regular season record last year, but that feels like a postseason. They were 10 and 0, got to the ACC championship game, then lost. So and then they lost in the playoff, obviously to Alabama. They lost in the playoff in 18 to Clemson, lost pretty badly in the BCS championship game to Bama in 12. Uh, game still, is over by halftime game is over by the first quarter <laughs> uh, if I remember correctly was close. in 2012 yeah and um, you know but you know they've they've had tremendous success they still haven't won the, the New Year's 6 game right they haven't won one of those in 25 6 years now and that's kind of been a you know sticking point at Notre Dame is like can, you know can they win the big one like are they, are they Like, like literally can they do it like do they have the resources, athletes, talent to be contending again for national championships? They can get to the dance, but can they actually dance? You know what I mean? This like,
1: year, I mean, if they don't make the playoff, they don't sneak in here on the last weekend, I would I would assume that they'd be favorited in the um, right New Year's Six Bowl that they play. So I, even with an interim coach, I feel like they have a solid chance of breaking that streak.
0: Right. So the there's a lot of things to kind of dissect from this um, I just want to go with you Evan first what was kind of maybe just your general reaction when you first heard the news last night about Brian Kelly I uh, mean leaving? very
1: very shocked very surprised I never really got the sense that he was thinking about leaving obviously you don't really get the sense with any of these coaches mm-hmm. you know leaving because they just all they do is pull the rug out from, from under everyone I should say um, I mean earlier in the week someone asked him about potentially mm-hmm. another job and uh, you know, he joked around about it. Said it was the fairy godmother, two hundred fifty million dollars <laughs> thing. And,
0: and he still have to run it by his wife. Yeah. So, and I guess ninety five million is pretty darn close to two fifty for a college football coach.
1: So it's close enough. But Brian Kelly's been in a very jokey mood all year with the press conferences. So doesn't ma- Doesn't surprise me. I should say that he joked around about that. But the fact that he actually you know is not even the Notre Dame head coach you know like a week later a little over a week later is uh pretty insane to me for sure
0: right I was also shocked I think everyone was kind of shocked um maybe the only one not shocked was Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick who today at the press conference basically said like yeah you know we've had a feeling the last couple weeks that Brian was definitely looking into you know different things potentially he said joked that maybe there was a Freudian slip or two there that, you know, caught his attention, so Jack wasn't totally shocked that Kelly was leaving. Um, but I think the, the the couple things are here. Like, one, the suddenness of it, right? This really did feel like it came out of nowhere. There's always been rumors of Brian Kelly going to USC, right? It's, that's kind of persisted since the USC job opened in September. It's not like... Foreign to think Brian Kelly would leave necessarily. right? of
1: that, on, on paper, it seems like that would be a better fit. Just the way Kelly is, I feel like he's a California right. guy. LSU down Louisiana, right. SEC country. It's kind of weird.
0: That's the, yeah. That was kind of the second thing I was gonna like mention. It's just like where he's going. LSU. It's very strange. Like to see him, who's kind of a mild, I mean, obviously he was really crazy on the sidelines for a long time, but he's kind of chilled out for the most part the last five, six years, and, like, he's kind of more laid back in a sense, and, like, that's not, like, a spot where you can kind of be laid back, I feel like. Like, LSU is, like, high-pressure job. You're in the SEC West, too, with Alabama. You got to play them every year. Auburn when they're good every you know every couple of years A and M gotta like, play
1: Florida every year and,
0: and then hello you have Oklahoma and Texas now moving to the SEC I know Texas isn't good but not like, worried about Texas Oklahoma is not still, really even
1: worried about Oklahoma either I
0: would be a little worried about Oklahoma I think they're still going to be a decent you know, program like they're you know I know they've had crazy stuff with their coach the last 24, 30, 48 hours with Lincoln Riley obviously going to USC but. That's a program traditionally that has not really struggled, at least in our lifetimes. Like, I couldn't tell you the last bad Oklahoma season. I think Matt Campbell going there would make sense. To Oklahoma, yeah, it could. He's obviously coached in the Big, coached against Oklahoma. And I was gonna say he's coached in the Big Twelve, but it doesn't matter. Oklahoma's not gonna be in the Big Twelve in a couple of years. And then Luke um, Fickle
1: would make the most sense for Notre Dame, in my opinion.
0: Luke Fickle would make sense for Notre Dame. Uh, I'm going to stick to my guns that I think it'll be Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator. Their guns are bad. My guns they're, are not bad. very bad. Guns. My guns are not bad. He's going to be the LSU given, defensive coordinator. Given all, if he goes to LSU, then then like fine. But like if they're, you know, if if you if, if you want to read into anything about all the player, like everyone on Twitter, all the Notre Dame players have been tweeting their support for Marcus Freeman to be the head coach, and you he's know,
1: probably going to be the interim coach.
0: They're not even really going to have an interim coach. Swarbrick basically said, like, we're not really doing an interim coach. And if he's, if he's not, why, I why would he I just said they're not the going to name one yet. Why would BCU he not be one. the interim? I mean, if he's going to go be the defensive coordinator at LSU, why would he stick around and be the interim head coach here? You know? So, like, he either is going to LSU or he's staying here. And to me, I feel like he would be a great hire. It seems like all the players in the program, want him to stay and be their head coach. Marcus Friedman was a guy who was rumored to be the head coach at, a, you know, multiple places the last couple of years. He's been an amazing defensive coordinator. He's young, you know, like 34, 35 years old. Like this is a guy who could potentially be here for a long time. The guys love him. He's a great recruiter. Like, to me, it checks a lot of boxes. I know I, I, I tweeted about, you know, it being Marcus Freeman or Tommy Reese last night, and like a lot of people got in my Twitter mentions about it's that. Because Tommy
1: Reese is 29 Tommy years Reese
0: old. Tommy Reese is probably like a stretch. Now, my my instincts about the Reese thing was just because last year, you know, when they when they promoted him to offensive coordinator, you could just tell like there was a different energy. Like they didn't like Chip Long there. Like Ian Book did not like Chip Long, the former OC. And Tommy Reese just like really got the most out of Ian Book, and I think the players liked him a lot, so that's like an internal guy, like if they're going to promote internally and it's not Freeman, like Reese is the next option, because I think people like him at Notre Dame, I don't know if people, you know, like outside the fan base want him to be the head coach I'm not saying he's going to be um, but the Freeman thing is definitely a possibility, in my opinion I, that's, you know that I don't think it would be out of the You know, realm of possibility, and like I I was trying to say, I don't think he's the
1: first choice, though. He won't be. I don't know if he's
0: the first choice either. But and if if,
1: he's not the first choice, then why would Freeman stay? And why wouldn't he just go to LSU? Right.
0: I don't. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Obviously, Um,
1: neither of them have enough experience, in my opinion. Obviously, Freeman has a little more experience as a defense coordinator than compared to Reese being an offense coordinator. But I just think no, he needs a. Few more years. If probably. they're going
0: to hire an internal candidate, and it's going it, to be Freeman. Yeah. Like, and
1: if he's going to get a head coaching job, he's not going to get it at a major program right away. He's going to go to a group of five, probably, you know, something like that, and build his way up.
0: Maybe they'll trade Lou Fickle uh, for Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman goes head coach Cincinnati, and you know, it's possible. Actually, I mean, Cincinnati's going to be a power five program in two years. They can just do a
1: trade. Yeah. Quick swap.
0: Yeah. Why not? No one. No one say anything. Just trade him out, and we're fine. Um. Yeah, I mean the, the obvious candidates for Notre Dame Luke Fickle, you know Matt Campbell. We mentioned him earlier. Uh, Marcus Freeman, of course, there's going to be the talk about Urban Meyer. Like, because Urban Meyer has always professed that Notre Dame would be his dream job, and he looks pretty miserable coaching the Jaguars right now. So and
1: he's already said, you know, air quotes, I'm not interested in any college jobs. Right, but my agent is interested in finding (laughs) me a
0: college job. That was like Luke Fickle's answer today. We were talking about that before we came on here, about Luke Fickle basically being asked about coaching rumors around him, and he said, you know, I I don't really talk to many people. I don't know where this is all coming from. Like, I'm more focused on my players, and, you know, we just kind of made a joke about how, like, yeah, Luke Fickle might not talk to many people, but Luke Fickle's agent is talking to a lot of people, and that's why he pays that guy to talk to everybody. So
1: I'm still worried about... um LSU and the Brian Kelly factor, especially if Marcus Freeman goes and Tommy Reese even. I mean, I think that's great staff right there going to a really great program with Mm -hmm. all the resources they need, even more resources than what they have at Notre Dame Mm -hmm. as far as talent and stuff like that. And money. And money. And, you know, what's the other word I'm looking for? Facilities. Facilities. Facilities at Notre Dame are nice, but LSU still, you know, it's an SEC Mm -hmm. program, so. Right. Their facilities are better so if you consider all that brian kelly knows how to win you know he knows how whenever to run, where he's gone knows how to run a program he gives me less miles vibes when he was at lsu so we'll see what happens you know we have to see how he does but i'm on paper it seems like this could be a decent fit so
0: yeah i mean there's no denying brian kelly as a football coach i mean they've Won 10 games or more the last five seasons, you know, first time ever at Notre Dame that they've done that. Now, obviously, part of that is, like, they've only played nine games in the 20s and 30s. like, couldn't get to 10 wins back then when they were, like, dominant. Schedule's going to, you know, go up. Right. You know,
1: the competition's
0: going to be a lot tougher. Yeah. But, But he's won everywhere he's been, you know. Won at Cincinnati. Got them to the verge of the BCS championship game in 2009. Uh, you know, one at uh, Central Michigan when he was there. One in Division Two, like Grand Valley State. I think is where he was at. Um, don't quote me on that. I forgot. I didn't write that down before I came in. I'm sorry. It's one of
1: those. It's it's a yeah. D two school. It was a
0: Division Two school. He won back to back championships there before going to Central Michigan, and then Cincinnati and down Notre Dame. So uh, the interesting I thought was the length of the contract. Ten years. Um, Brian is Kelly sixty, 60 years, old? years. He's yep. sixty. He's old. Um, he's five years away from being a legal senior citizen. And uh, I don't think he's going to ride that out. I don't think he goes all ten years. He so. might
1: get the half. Yeah. If, if, you know, if he's successful, maybe six or seven.
0: Yeah. I just don't... I mean, he, it would be insane. I know, like, Nick Saban is still going at it. and But he's, like, the exception to the rule. You know? And, like, Mac Brown, too. Like, those two are the exception to the rule. Like, there's no way... I just don't see Kelly being able to go 10, 10 no, we years. Didn't, we
1: didn't see him leaving Notre Dame either. And he was always like, Yeah, I want to be here. I want to retire here. Right.
0: It felt like he could have retired here and been totally like, if he, it kind of, what's crazy is like they have great recruiting classes coming in. And like, you know, they could have like rode this out. Like they had a chance to be next year, like legitimate playoff contenders again with everyone that was coming back. Tyler Buckner obviously would probably elevate that starting quarterback role and Logan Diggs and Michael Mayer. And got a whole bunch of talent coming in, these recruiting classes. Um, and But, hey, I, I'm not going to fault the man if he, want, if he made that decision, you know, for his family. His kids are all out of high school. So, really, it's just him and his wife, you know, deciding where they want to live. Apparently, he
1: was just kind of sick of being here, basically. That's, Maybe he just didn't like winter. Was. I don't know. Maybe he was sick of uh, Snow. getting told he couldn't win the big one at Notre Dame. So he Well, gone. what's
0: going to happen when they go 7-5 and five next year at LSU? And he can't win the big regular season games against whomever, you know? We'll see. Yeah.
1: They're going to go like 8-4 and four next year probably.
0: Yeah. Like, he's going to run into the same issues at LSU except it happens in the regular season and not the playoff. I think. Unless they recruit that, you know, heck out of... You know, getting players in there. And there's a different level of talent you can get at LSU just purely because of academics. I'm not what calling anyone.
1: Tyler Buckner Does he to see transferred LSU. I don't
0: think so. I don't think. I was listening. So Mick Asif, a former walk on uh, football player at Notre Dame, um, had like a Twitter space thing last night where, like, he, it, for people who don't know what Twitter spaces are, like, you could meet with people in there, and, like, talk about It's like a kind of like a live podcast, basically. Is
1: it like an Instagram live what? Is it like an Instagram Live? Right. Basically, Instagram join, Live, it's like, but audio. Oh, okay. Right, but audio.
0: Okay. Anyway, I listened to it for a little bit, and a lot of the guys in there, like, they were former players from Notre Dame, jumping in, talking, whatnot. They all basically said, like, you know, I didn't go to Notre Dame because of Coach Kelly, necessarily. I went to Notre Dame because I wanted to go to Notre Dame. Like, the school stood out and, like... And I think that is one of the few places where, like, that matters. Like, Notre Dame is a different place with the academic standards that they have there. And it's in a unique, you know, it's kind of in a unique spot, like South Bend. Like, you really got to want to go to Notre Dame, like, to really be, like, you're not necessarily committing to coach like, a coach, you're committing to a school with Notre Dame. A lot of the other ones, they're kind of similar. Like, pretty much every SEC school is interchangeable for the most part. You know, for the most part, obviously you know Like half of the conference. Yeah,
1: is like, interchangeably like LSU, Florida, Alabama, right? Auburn, Georgia, Texas like A&M. they're all in
0: this, they're all in warm weather spots. You know, they all have rich head coaches. Like, you know, you're, you're you're just trying to go to like wherever. Like, but Notre Dame is different. It's a different. You know, you go there because of the academics, and if if you're a religious person, like that plays a factor too. Like,
1: also, it's an independent. And you're an independent so right. So it's like its own entity.
0: Right. So I don't know how this affects – I mean, maybe – obviously there will be some people I'm sure that will transfer or leave, but I don't think it's going to affect Notre Dame's roster that much personally. So, And especially if they hire Freeman, everyone appears to love that guy. He's already in the building, and everyone on the current roster loves him, and all the recruits coming in appear to love him. So keeping him would probably be the smartest decision at this point. If you want to sustain, keep on going in the direction you've been going. Which, look, they've been a top four program the last five years. No matter how you want to, you know, examine it, they've gone to the playoff twice, they've won 10 games every year, they're consistently ranked in the top 10, 15, every ranking. Their only losses are to, like, pretty darn good teams, like Cincinnati this year, Georgia two years ago, and Michigan. Their only bad, bad, air quote, loss was to Michigan two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was now. In Ann Arbor, when it was a hundred like percent chance of rain, it's, it was awful. It was cold, miserable night. Cincinnati
1: like, game this year was wasn't that great. They but lost. It's, they lose to a great 11, team. They've lost but. to
0: a good. They, they haven't lost to an unranked team in six years, right? They have taken care of business when they need to take care of business, and they've been a top four team. They, you know, I. To me, it's a great job, and they're gonna obviously want to hire someone who could keep this going. But Freeman is already there; wouldn't be the worst candidate yep. in the world, I would say. To, to lead I the just ship. pulled
1: up, just pulled up a tweet on uh, Pro Football Focus, college football. Mm-hmm. And says, according to their you know website, their account, odds to be Notre Dame's next head coach, Marcus Freeman, uh, minus one fifty, and Luke Fickle were right after him at plus one seventy five. So. Those two, I mean, according to PFF, they like the Marcus Freeman. They 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 agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll it'll see. be interesting. Obviously, see, I'm on the Luke Fickle train. You're on the Marcus Freeman train. So, choo, choo. We'll, right, we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: We will obviously. Oh, right, right, on, right. As soon as we uh, mentioned the commitments, just a live tweet here: Notre Dame uh, loses a commitment from safety, Devin Moore, out of Florida. So. there's one
1: we only knew that we already knew that that was gonna happen at least a few some will happen
0: but i think most will stay okay that's all of our brian kelly notre Dame talk obviously like notre Dame, big in the news this week the last couple days arguably the biggest story in college sports since monday night has been this brian kelly news uh we will obviously have coverage throughout the weeks months of this going on and uh Will be interesting to see if Notre Dame sneaks into the playoff, which they still possibly could. Like, what will they, uh, what will they do for coaching and and like Kelly's already gone. Like he's in L- he's in Louisiana, so it's it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah.
1: Matt Fortuna, he also tweeted that LSU oh, is making a hard run at Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. Yes. So we'll see what happens. Should be interesting. Who's going to pry who from who? Who's mm-hmm. going to decide to stay? That's uh, college football these days.
0: Yep. Yes, it is. All right. Let's get back to the high school scene. Let's talk about our biggest story from the weekend, obviously, Northridge football uh, playing in the Class 4A state championship game against Mount Vernon, Fortville. And uh, unfortunately for our Raiders, the postseason magic ran out uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium down in Indianapolis. Marauders win 45-14. Mount Vernon – even despite having four turnovers and 12 penalties, still put on an offensive clinic. Um,
1: outgained the Raiders 381 to 178.
0: It's pretty good. Only, and I think Northridge only had 27 yards total in the second half. So that was uh, that's gonna hurt you. Their only touchdown in the second half was a defensive pick six with like six minutes left in the game, and there was. You know, the backups run for Mount Vernon. So
1: Mount Vernon had 12 penalties, too, which is insane. What I said four turnovers, 12 that's what I, penalties. That's what I said. If you combine both
0: and you still win by uh, you know,
1: 31.
0: 31,
1: that's pretty insane.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like, and I said this to pretty much everybody on Saturday, so you're going to hear it again. I'm sorry. Uh, but the sequence for me that changed the whole game really was when it was 20 nothing. And Northridge got the ball back with, like, five minutes left, went down the field and scored. They finally figured out, hey, let's maybe, like, do some quick passes and, you know, some different types of runs so that way Tag Gott has a chance to, like, breathe back there. And they threw a 23-yard touchdown pass to Jethro Hochstetler, and it was, like, 20-7, to minute 39 left in the first half. And you're like, okay, like, Northridge has been definitely outplayed so far, but, like, if they get a stop here before the end of the half, they get the ball, start the second half – you know, you never know, obviously, what could happen. But, like, you're only down 13. You've got momentum in the locker room. Like, you're feeling better about yourself. Whatever. Right? And then Mount Vernon gets the ball back. and goes right down the field. Scores 26-7 going into halftime. Northridge doesn't do anything with their first possession. Mount Vernon gets the ball back. Scores. from 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 one minute, like, from the minute 30 mark of the – second quarter to the 1130 mark of the fourth quarter it went from a 20-7 to game to 45-7 and Mount Vernon just basically ran away with it shut down Northridge offense from doing anything their offense then in return you know put up points through a couple big touchdown plays and uh that was it it was it um Evan just kind of give maybe some of your I <laughs> Some of your thoughts on that. Uh, you like the dramatic pause? Evan, uh, Evan uh, you start speaking. I'm, back I'm, to you. Back to you, Evan. You say some things now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty obvious that uh, the speed and athleticism for Mountain Vernon was a bit overwhelming for Northridge. I know Chad, when we talked to him after the game, That was, and some of the players as well, that was an emphasis. Obviously, we asked about it, but that was something they are like, yeah. We never – we haven't – faced a team with speed like that all season. Of course, we've faced teams with some size, but that kind of speed, we mm-hmm. hadn't seen that. So obviously, you can't adjust to that on film. And that's another thing a couple of the players said, especially with uh, Mount Vernon's defensive line and linebackers coming in. Tag out, was running for his life for most of the, uh, most of the contests, the running game, which has worked for them so well in this postseason run, was... Uh, obviously not as good as it had been. They only had 93 yards, which was obviously the postseason low for them. They, you know, controlled the time of possession, but the problem was Mount Vernon, they scored so quickly. I mean, five of their six touchdown drives, they scored in less than two minutes. A couple big plays that you uh, talked about, 54-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter, a 44-yard touchdown pass in the third Mm -hmm. quarter. So, I mean, those are back-breaking back breaking plays right. and it is what it is I, you know it's tough when you face a team that you know it's a bad matchup for you especially on that stage in the state championship you know you get that far and then you face a team that you really can't match up with it's tough but it is what it is it's really cool that they made it that far it was a heck of a season regardless Right? they beat an undefeated Leo team to get there and, and
0: still, beat a good, pretty darn good New Prairie team as well. And semi-state, right. you know, picked up. You know, Northwood wasn't an easy game. I know their record was six and three, but you know, beating Northwood was a mental, I think, hurdle for them. You know, big mental win, and that really freed them up to be like, we can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, even though Northwood wasn't necessarily a, a power, air quotes. It, they lost to them forty-two-eight in the regular season, so to go back into the postseason and beat them twenty-eight-seven on their field. At Northwood was a big deal, I think, for them, and that really triggered, kickstarted the whole postseason run for them. Um, they just ran into a buzzsaw, man, and they ran into the better team. Like, it's we can admit, you know, Mount Vernon was the better team on sat on the field Saturday. They would have probably beaten anybody. They they already beat number one Ron Collie, so they literally could beat anybody at that point. They would have beaten anybody that came from the north. Mm-hmm. They were the favorite, and it is what it is. And like how you said, I just echoed your own po- you know, point there about it. it is what it is like it's still an incredible season for Northridge no one saw this coming outside of the four walls of that program I don't think we were sitting here seven weeks ago saying oh yeah Northridge that's a team I'm watching out for like no no one was looking at Northwood was supposed to be the team from that sectional that could maybe surprise some people right and then Northridge took it takes it to them the first week of the playoffs and we're off and running uh they probably shouldn't have beaten Leo. They probably shouldn't have beaten New Prairie and won those two games and got to that stage. And, you know, they're going to lose some guys, obviously. Rich Howard, uh, uh, Peyton Shook, I believe, is a senior as well. Clint Walker, um, Micah hawks obviously, who played, which was awesome to watch him play. And he got a tackle in the first play. Like, that's pretty cool. And he had eight tackles for the game. Led the second on the team in tackles. So
1: I wish he... Uh is the only complaint I would have from mm-hmm. me personally was it just didn't seem to be. I mean, I don't know how many adjustments you can make. I suppose in a high school on a high school team in the middle of a game, but I just wish I, we could have seen maybe a couple them be more creative on offense, right? Kind of throw Mount Vernon off a little bit because they everything they ran Mount Vernon was ready for. They weren't surprised by anything. Mm-hmm. I would have liked some just some mixing and matching, maybe throw Micah back there with Tag in the, in the backfield, maybe even some bubble screens and stuff like that, easy passes at the line of scrimmage to try to right. get something upfield. But mm-hmm. it doesn't matter now, but that's why what I think maybe could have helped them a little bit.
0: Right. And Mount Vernon had 11 tackles for loss, five sacks. Like, they were in the backfield yeah. all game. Getting
1: rid of the ball quickly could no have No
0: room for run. I mean, yeah, like, if we're going to critique here, like, I don't think they ran the ball enough with guys like Ridge Howard and Clint Walker or, you know, these guys who have been kind of like their main backs. I know Tag's the main running back and quarterback for them, but, you know, you look at the carry numbers and it was like – you have the stats, I believe, pulled up right in front of you. What were the carry numbers other than – Tag had like 26, right?
1: Yeah, got at 27. Everybody else combined, uh, it looks like we have literally – yeah 11 11 combined it's just like the, the, the
0: offense was tag got and that was it and that that worked against new prairie i mean new for the most part got was the main guy running the ball against new prairie and it worked uh but it wasn't working against you know a better team a better team and they just didn't know how to adjust i kind of agreed with you we were texting about it during the game you were on the field level i was up in the press box and like you know Maybe they throw Micah at quarterback, like just to see. And you asked Chad about that after the game. He never thought about it. And I understand, like riding with the guy who brought you there. I understand that. But like, you got your quarterback. Your there's a reason why Micah was the starting quarterback. It's not as like he was bad, right? Yeah. And it wasn't like, and he was suited up and he was healthy. I'm not saying make him the full time QB, but like you said, throw him in there for a couple of plays, like. There's no way Mount Vernon scouted for him at quarterback. You know what I mean? There's no way. So like it's gonna be a different look, Micah's a little faster. Maybe he has a better arm. Like just something. And then anything. Can, and
1: then Tag can focus on being running, a running back. Running the ball. Right. You know?
0: Like go maybe he goes out for a pass. Like why there there could have been an, a couple different things you could have done. And obviously it's easier to second guess that up in the press box or on the sideline and when you're not instead of like being you know, wearing the headset. You, know, you think about everything else, just trying to do anything on your offensive side of the ball. Just like,
1: trying to go get in uh, Chad's ear. You know, hey, Chad. You
0: should have, man. You were right there.
1: Throw Micah back there. You know, just give it a <laughs> shot. You, <know? laughs> you should have. That would
0: have been great. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, it's easy to second-guess it now and easy to second-guess it in the moment when you're not the one actually making the decisions. So, uh, but again, the, yeah, tough loss, obviously, like, you would have loved to seen them cap this off with a win.
1: Lots to build on, though. That's it's
0: incredibly a lot. Yeah, a ton to build. A lot on.
1: of youngsters that got a lot of experience. Tag
0: got played seven games at quarterback this year for you. When you didn't, he didn't. You didn't think he was going to be quarterback at all, you know. So and he played, you know, six postseason games. Like that's incredible experience. I think what put it in perspective for me, like when we asked Chad about it last, you know, after the game Saturday, was just like, you know, we got a whole extra half season of practices and like not many like no other team like really gets that many if, unless you're making it that far so like they literally had a whole bunch of practices to develop the younger guys even more you know get them ready for next year everything you hear about the senior group too this year like just really was huge about them you know wanting to help the younger guys get better and build up this program and not you know Micah joked you know not a joke but he's like you know we we don't have to be a crappy NLC team is basically what he said like we could be a contender. Like, we could be a contender from the NLC. We could be a contender in sectionals and regionals and whatever. And, I mean, this is a run that people will remember, you know, for their whole lives. And this is something that they can build off of for next year. You know, especially now with Gott coming back at quarterback, you're going to have your you two – You might re- not
1: be quarterback, though. That would be an interesting decision because – How do you
0: not play him at quarterback?
1: Because – uh, both Rich Howard, Peyton Shook, and Clint well, Clinton Water, or Peyton Shook and Rich Howard are gone, and they were the main running backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Miller, who is who had pretty, who's played pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So you could have Miller at running running back, and then got at quarterback. But you might want to have got at running back as a starting running back, and try to get Carrington, you know, groomed in the off season to become the quarterback that he wants. It's a possibility. That the coaching be, staff wants him, him to be. I would be
0: shocked if it wasn't got a quarterback next season for the for the Raiders, at least to begin the year. Just because, you know, he went on this state run, and he struggled, like, the last couple games. I think teams figured him out a little bit, and obviously, like, the bigger moments. It's not big, his
1: bread and butter. He's put back there right. because of all the injuries. He right. Was, I mean, he was only 8 of 26 in this state he championship he, game.
0: His numbers weren't that great against New Prairie either. He obviously had the big play when it mattered. He threw the touchdown pass. But, you know, his numbers overall weren't pretty, and they weren't really great against Miss either. Not weather plays a factor of those two nights because it was freezing. But he made the big throws when he needed to. And it seemed like that might have tried, been trending that way too when they did score that touchdown. It was a good pass to Jethro Hoxdellar. It was right in his hands. It was a great picture we got. Ben Mike still got a great picture of that for the ball falling right into his. Solid throw. Good throw, good catch. Like, that was what – it's supposed to look like, right? He could, so,
1: could be Northridge's Christian McCaffrey next year, though, you know? Just do everything? Catch the ball really out, out like of the backfield, run the it, ball. Hopefully he
0: doesn't get injured like Christian McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, dude's made out of glass. I know. It's very unfortunate he's a great Remind player. me not to
0: draft him on my fantasy team next year. Yeah, that's
1: a bad idea. Okay. Barely played last year, barely played this year. It's too bad.
0: Congrats to Northridge. Heck of a season. It was really fun covering it. Uh... Check out all of our content, com slash sports.
1: Looking forward to uh...
0: Slash Northridge hyphen football. Yeah. I think is what the Northridge web landing page was. What are you looking forward to?
1: So just a quick look forward to uh, you know, next season, twenty twenty two, who's the favorite in the NLC. In the
0: NLC? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Northwood. Okay. Um
1: Okay. Yeah, that's probably Northwood. The revenge tour. For the Panthers, I mean, Northwood's going to be, Ridge be, Ridge on, be up they there? got
0: everyone coming back. Northwood's got everyone coming back next year, basically.
1: How long is it going to take Goshen to hire a football coach? I wonder.
0: I would I would expect to have someone hired in the next month or two.
1: Are they going to pluck uh, pluck one of the other area schools? Is Nate Andrews going to become the Goshen? I don't coach? think
0: Nate Andrews is leaving Northwood. I, <laughs> he's Nate Andrews. I don't think would leave Northwood unless there was like some 6A indie job that came open, and it's like, well, yeah. Or Penn. Yeah. I think everyone and their cousin would be interested in the pen job if that became Is there any open.
1: Goshen connections in any of the coaches in the NLC? No. No?
0: I don't think so. Off the top of my head. Dang it.
1: I just wanted some, uh, some drama. <laughs> I,
0: I have no inside information on this, but, like, you know, why not... You know, check out some of those uh, assistant coaches at Northridge. Made a hell of a run, pardon the language, but... Eh, you can say hell. It's fine. (coughs) Excuse me.
1: Yeah, like, uh, Coach Carr. He seems like a cool guy.
0: Nick Clark, defensive coordinator. I'm just throwing it out there.
1: Because Carr's son is about to graduate. He's about Mm -hmm. to leave. He's got younger
0: kids, though, coming up, Dustin.
1: They can go to Goshen.
0: Yeah, sure. That just works out naturally. <laughs> yeah, you uh, will be interesting to see who hires. Goshen High School hires for football, um, but again, Northridge shout out, awesome year. Thanks for keeping us uh, busy for the last five six weeks. Really, the last three because you know we usually don't get football teams to go this long. So, um, and uh, it was fun, man. I think we had a good good showing, good good production. And uh, they're doing a championship, not championship, a trophy celebration. Wednesday night at the middle school, so uh, seven thirty PM. If anyone wants to go out there and uh, check that out, so
1: I'm just looking at um, Brian Kelly, fresh off the private jet in Baton Rouge, mm. in the and uh, on the LSU football uh, Twitter account. When is the, when is this press conference supposed to be Wednesday? Maybe? Yeah, it's tomorrow, Wednesday. Okay, that should be fun. I'll have to tune in you have uh, to Obviously
0: <laughs> uh, Okay Other high school sports going on Just kind of quick wrap, wrap around Whip around uh, Boys basketball began last week And uh, Austin Kripe for West Noble It's pretty good Just going to say it um, 30 points and a win against East Noble on Tuesday They K- can't 28 against Bethany Saturday uh, He's pretty good Just going to say it And West Noble's 2-0 So they look, they look solid Yes. Don't sleep on West Noble. Uh, Goshen boys got a win Saturday night too. Beat Fairfield,
1: who just beat Wabash.
0: beat Wabash? And then Wabash beat Angola on Saturday. A lot of tight
1: games in the area this week to start the season.
0: You like to see that. You hope that it's competitive and it sustains itself, right?
1: I did. I enjoyed the Fairfield Wabash. was fun. We, yeah, we, we covered that game and it was very good. The, <coughs> the atmosphere was fun. It was a tight game. Good for Fairfield. Coach Heinen getting his first win. I know. It's very cool.
0: Yeah. And uh, they played Goshen tough, which is, I think, a good sign for them. You know? So, should be, you did, know. Did
1: Goshen go small? I didn't read the story. Probably should have. They
0: pretty much went with the lineup they went with last year, which was Hogan, Deacon Hill, Quinn Bechtel, Gage Worthman, and Ryan Eldridge. Ryan Eldridge, okay. So, Eldridge hit a couple free throws down the stretch that gave him a four point lead with like three seconds left. And then, I think. Caleb Wright hit a three at the buzzer to make it a one-point game.
1: How many points did Caleb Wright score this time?
0: I don't remember, like 12? 12. He had 11 11 against Wallace. Mm. He's going to be good for them, it looks like. So, it's pretty cool to see the homeschool guys doing well. Connor Wright came up with a
1: big uh, defensive play Mm -hmm. to stop Keaton Dukes from getting shot off. Potentially, what would have been a game winner, or even if he had driven, because he caught him around just above the three-point line, around mm-hmm. the top of the key there. But, uh, yeah, didn't get a shot off. Cause, mm-hmm. And that was after he missed two free throws. You know, he could have been like, wow, that sucks, you know. Yeah, and you just like, get, to just like get down on himself. Mm-hmm. But, no, he went back to play defense, mid-play. So
0: Yep. Yeah, so boys basketball, off and running. That's the last winter sport that needed to start. Up for us. And so now every winter sport is uh, rocking and rolling. We have uh, swimming and wrestling kind of going off. Goshen Super Duels—they hosted their Super Duels for wrestling. They went seven and two over two days of wrestling. That's a lot of wrestling, man. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I gotta figure out. Hold on, quick, quickly. Hold on. You you start talking about Fairfield Girls Basketball being good. I gotta find a tweet. Hold on one second.
1: Fairfield Girls Basketball is good.
0: Mm-hmm. You're correct. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> seven and zero. Oh. Will they go undefeated?
0: Probably not but that'd be fun wouldn't it
1: right their their first I mean their next uh next contest that they could lose is against Northridge who's also doing very well so far this season that's that's a couple weeks out yeah two and a half weeks December 16th mm-hmm that was recently announced that was announced today
0: yes Northridge girls basketball was supposed to play Fairfield this past Saturday in the NLC NECC shootout Uh, that Concord and Northridge, Angola, and Fairfield all get together and they play each other. You know, the NLC plays the NECC games, right? But Northridge decided to pull out of that because football was playing at state. You know, don't want to take away any of the fans from being able to go down to Indy and experience that and whatnot and take away from the team. So uh, they have their reschedule the Fairfield game and they're going to still reschedule the Angola game for some time. But the Fairfield game will be played Thursday, December 16th at Northridge. Feels like a game that Fairfield might lose, or could lose. Uh, Fairfield this week, they go to Angola Tuesday night. Feels, That's
1: actually a tough, tough game.
0: Could be. Prairie Heights on Saturday is probably winnable. So if they get past Angola, it feels like, you know, Northridge will be there on the 16th. That'll be fun. Uh, found my tweet that I wanted to mention. Shout out uh, Samantha Riscalvo. I hope I said that right. Sorry, Samantha, if I did not. She became the first... Goshen female to record a pin in a varsity wrestling match during the Red Hawk uh, Super Duels on Saturday. That is awesome. So, congratulations cool. to Samantha. They have a lot of history. They're doing a lot of uh, history-breaking moments with female athletes in Goshen this year. We had uh, Grace Kircher playing a varsity football game and now Samantha Riscalvo playing in, and playing in, competing in varsity wrestling, getting a pin. So, it's pretty cool. You know That's it's it. cool? What?
1: Lucas Oil Stadium.
0: Lucas Oil Stadium is cool. It's one of
1: the best NFL stadiums. Can't say I've been to all of them because I haven't. But I'm just saying, I'd have to imagine that it's at least top ten. I was very impressed.
0: That's great. I'm glad you got that point in ten minutes after we stopped talking about Northridge.
1: Colts fans also? Very nice. Because I was at the game on Sunday, Bucks colts It's,
0: mid, it's at Midwestern Hospitality.
1: We can discuss that. I mean, there was there was a couple of Colts fans that heckled me a little bit. Good. Blame me, blame me for the bad refs. They asked good. me if I brought the refs with me, mm-hmm. and I told you, them I do. You, <laughs> you? I told them I do not get paid enough for that. Can't afford to pay off all these refs. So they thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was fun. It was a good environment to be in a sold out Soil Stadium for an NFL game. Bucks win the last minute. It's a pretty insane game. Probably the best NFL game I've ever been to. And I've been to a decent amount, so it's very cool enjoyed it I'm happy for you thumbs up
0: your thumb made a really odd loud cracking noise that was probably my shoulder there Ah, it goes again And there goes your shoulder again I don't know if that picks up on the audio let's not try to do it and you're going to lose your shoulder three times oh my god stop (laughs) okay uh, before we wrap it up let's talk about athlete of the fall which we announced we are doing this week we had this ready to go about three weeks ago when we thought Northridge football was going to lose and then they just kept, on, <laughs> kept yeah. on winning. So the fall kept on going on. Um, but we are doing uh, an athlete of the fall vote this week. Not like It's kind of like athlete of the week, but we nominated one athlete from each fall sport to be nominated for uh, the athlete of the fall. The vote will go all week. goes till Friday at 5 p.m. We will announce the winner on social media Friday after the poll closes. So we have to coordinate that Evan and you and I will do that eventually at some point this week yes and then uh, we will present the certificate award everything to the winner uh, early next week so probably Monday or Tuesday next week they get a $40 gift card to play against uh, I don't know what they get we have we a have <laughs> gift to be determined uh, should be a little
1: more than what oh, athlete it needs is. to
0: be yeah it needs to be something different uh, Evan you want to read off the male nominees uh, for the, the boys nominees male come on man who cares Boys, boys girls, male males, nominees male, male, for athlete, female. Goshen News Athlete of the Fall.
1: Yes, I will begin with one from boys cross country. Cross uh, from Northridge, <laughs> Jack Moore, senior from Northridge. He' going to read off some of his stuff. It's yes. a little small stats, but I will do it. Finished eighth individually at the state championship meet, which earned him all state honors. He also won individual sectional and regional championships along with a second place finish at semi state. He also set a new school record with a time of 15 minutes and 23 seconds on September 14th at the NLC Super Duel that was held at uh, Warsaw High School. And he helped lead Northridge, his entire team, you know, the whole team, to an eighth place finish as a team, as I just said, at the state meet. Yes. And then, boys. Jack Moore, boys yeah, cross country. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Moore. Hey. Boy's soccer nomination: uh, Henry Torres, senior, also, and he is obviously from West Noble. If you you know, you if, if you're familiar with Henry Torres, mm-hmm. scored 46 goals and, re-scor- and recorded, recorded five assists mm-hmm. in 21 games this season. He became the program's all-time leading goal scorer with 131 career goals. Is that good? Question mark. Pretty solid. Yes, it's pretty good. And then he was also named to the first team All-ISCA District 1 team, and he made the third team All-State overall as well. And then he also helped lead the Chargers to a sectional championship and a regional final appearance. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Pretty good. Henry Torres, man. Heck of a year. It's going to be hard to uh, top that.
1: He's, there's some good... Uh, there's there some really good nominees. Is, the good nominees. Believe it or not.
0: We, we, we didn't pick but, any uh, bad ones, I think.
1: Yeah. 46 goals and... You know, program's all-time leading scorer is pretty good. We have Boy Sinis for our next one, uh, Isaiah Hosteller, Jr., Westview. He was the top singles player for the Warriors all season, went 21-3 and in the number one singles slot, helped lead Westview to a sectional, regional, and semi-state championship, and the team obviously qualified for state, went to the state tournament, and they finished 23-2 and overall as a team this pretty season. Good,
0: pretty good year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He seemed like a natural naturally the good best pick there to be our single number one singles, number one tennis player uh, nominee. So
1: Most definitely. hmm And now football.
0: Final male nominee.
1: Zavin Kaltukian.
0: Koltukian. Koltukian.
1: Cole, call, I've said call. Cold Cold called Koltukian. Toma- tomato, tomato, tomato. Tomato
0: tomato, except no one calls it tomato. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> anyway, senior. Concord high school. This guy was a menace. On, I mean, he, he, he did most of his menacing on defense, but he also did some stuff on offense as well. 87 tackles with a whopping 26.5 for loss, and he had 14.5 sacks. In 11 games. Yeah, in 11 games. A beast. In like three or four of those games, they played option offenses. Right.
0: He had 5.5 against Goshen. Yeah, it's crazy. Pretty good.
1: It's insane. On offense, he did a little damage. Not as much on defense, but... There's a little bit here. Seven receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Yep. And he helped lead the Minutemen to a 9-3, 2 overall record in an NLC championship. Unfortunately, they lost to Mishawaka at home in these sectional
0: Semifinal. semifinals. Yes. Bad weather game and the weather, hard to throw the ball. and, and the,
1: the weather really screwed them up. Wet field, wet ball. When you're trying to pass the ball, you're a passing attack. It's not going to go well for you, unfortunately.
0: Good strong male nominees. Now let's run off the female nominees. How about that? I got them right here for you. Uh, In Girls Cross Country, you got Temi Bayless, junior from Northridge. She finished 47th individually at the state championship meet, the best amongst Northridge runners competing. They had a whole team down there, which was pretty cool. Won the individual sectional championship and finished third at regional. She also had, I believe, a 16th place finish at semi-state and she helped lead Northridge to a regular season NLC championship and team sectional title. Uh, she had a really good year. Temi Bayless kind of emerged as uh, the lead runner for Northridge this year, so that was pretty cool. Uh, girls golf. You're not going to believe who we nominated for girls golf. Sybil Stilson from Northwood. No Shocker. Way. Shocker, I know. Uh, finished 11th individually at the state golf meet and was named the IHSA Mental Attitude Award winner for the sport at the state meet as well. She shot a 62 at the East Noble Regional over at Noble Hawk to set a state record for the lowest round uh, shot by a girls golfer in any state tournament, whether it be sectional, regional, state championship, whatever. 62 was unbelievable. I was there for that. That was uh, a sight to see her finishing up on 18, man. Uh, was the individual medalist at both the sectional and the regional. Obviously, shooting at 62, you'll get medalist for that. One medalist honors at basically everything else she competed at this year was our best golfer by a mile. Helped lead Northwood to outright NLC championship and team sectional championship. They were second in the regional. They finished 12th as a team at state. Sybil Stilson, that might have been the easiest selection we had to make. For an athlete of the fall. Agreed. was no debate on who we were going to nominate for girls' golf. There was some debate in some other ones, and I'm sure some people voiced their opinions as to whether athletes weren't nominated, but we had to make a call. We, we sat down about, again, three weeks ago and <laughs> made these decisions. So, Right. Girls' soccer. Brianna Munoz, freshman from Westview. Only freshman nominated. She had a great year, though. She scored 30 goals and recorded 11, 11 assists. That's 71 points. Uh, in 22 games for the Warriors, was named to the first team All-ISCA District 1 team. It's pretty good. Uh, and helped lead Westview to the NECC Championship as well as a sectional title, and they played in the regional championship game. So they got to the final eight of Class 1A. Uh, they are definitely a team to be looking out for next year at girls' soccer in 1A because uh, they got, like, everyone coming back, including Brianna Munoz. So should be a fun team. The Westview boys, obviously, one state. The Westview girls got the regional final. It's mm-hmm. going pretty well for Westview. And boys tennis got the state state quarters as well. So
1: Some good programs over there.
0: Our last nominee in volleyball. This was probably the toughest one we had to make a call on. But we decided we'd go with Annika Bennett, a senior from Northwood. She kind of did everything for Northwood this year. 957 assists, 269 digs, 80 kills, 46 aces, and 23 blocks. And 100 total sets played. The Panthers this year went 32 and 3, winning an NLC and sectional championship in the process, and being a regional finalist as well, losing to Belmont in the regional final. Uh, Northwood, probably the surprise team of the year in terms of what they lost last year. Eight seniors have graduated, and Annika was one of the two com- whew, excuse me, one of the two seniors coming back. Had Jersey Mike's today, and that's coming back. to... And the root beer, and yeah, here we wow. go. <laughs> That's great. Had a had a little, you know, slight burp there. Not really, but um, slight burp. Monica Bennett. Sorry to t- t- sidetrack from Monica Bennett and Northwood having a great year in volleyball. Uh, so again, the poll is up till five p.m. Friday. You can vote once a day. Gooshnews.com. There's a banner at the top of the website. You click on it. Go down and vote. It's on our Twitter page, on our Facebook page. Can't miss it. We're going to share it every day. You're going to be sick of seeing it. Whatever. Uh, deal with it. Uh, by the way. All fall, Athlete of the Week, and in general, Athlete of the Fall has been brought to you by our good friends at Play It Against Sports. Guess what, Evan? You may never outgrow your favorite sports, but you may outgrow your equipment. Your locally owned Play It Against Sports, which I drove by today, by the way, going to South Bend, because I was like, oh, hey, there's our friends at Play It Against Sports. Uh, They provide an easy way for you to sell your quality used goods and fitness gear and get paid on the spot or trade up for what you need now, not only would you save with affordable used gear, but they also supply the latest new equipment and accessories for the most popular brands, visit our local Play It Against Sports store located right in front of the Concord Mall in the Elkhart-Dunlap area for the best deals on sports equipment. Play It Against Sports has been the presenting sponsor of the News Athlete of the Week and Mile the Athlete of the Ball. That'll do it for this edition of the do Sports Podcast. We want to thank everyone for listening this week. We'll be back next week. Maybe Notre Dame has a new coach by then. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Uh, and uh, you know, have some fun along the way. So uh, make sure to tune in next week for all of all of the great sports content we produce. Sure.